Welcome to Get Wisdom with your hosts, Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. Imagine if God was a co-host. What if the historically rare ability to converse with God and get profound answers to questions has been rediscovered? What would God say to today's troubled world? Get Wisdom will share those answers. Now, here is Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. Welcome to another episode of Get Wisdom. I'm Brian Kelly, along with Get Wisdom founder and director, Carl Mollison. And this week's show, we're going to talk about angels. Angels are described in very ancient writings and are still referred to frequently in today's culture. We want to bring forward new authoritative source of wisdom on on this subject. And uh, it's going to be an interesting one, Carl. Well, yes, and as a channeler of the divine, uh, I endeavor to touch base with some of the historical and religious teachings because it's instructive. Most is true and valid. There are some corruptions that have crept in over the ages, and that includes biblical writing. Sorry, you fundamentalists. <laughs> I, I feel for you, buddy, uh, but uh, <laughs> not all of what ended up in the canon is literally true, and it is important for everyone to catch up with reality because there's a serious need for believers. So let's get into this and talk about angels. As a channeler, I talk to creator. I call it creator. It's God, Allah, whatever term you want to think of as the highest, holiest source of the universe. It is the creator of all that is. And so we pose questions and get answers. And that's why we're here. Let's pose the first one. You ask creator, can you give us a basic understanding about angels, what they are, their place compared to human in the hierarchy and their purpose. All right, and this is Creator's words. The angelics were created to assist the divine realm in all ways of value to extend the reach and the vigilance and interplay directly with all that is going on within the universe. Among the many worlds with life forms, angelics come and go to monitor all that is taking place and to be at the ready to assist with the needs of the life forms present. They are, in a sense, tools of the divine and act at the behest of creator directly and indirectly. They have some autonomy, but only through assigned duties that they have, that have been clearly established, and they will stay within those instructions and not overstep boundaries. They are, in a sense, agents of the divine going out and about, keeping tabs on things, being on watch, and often are posted to provide close special support when there may be a need to deal with a situation that arises where there are living things in danger and there may be suffering going on or threatened to happen. In this, they are very much a part of divine consciousness, as is true of divine human, but with less autonomy. They were created to assist humans and other advanced creatures and so are a kind of adjunct, but not on the same level in terms of a hierarchy. The humans actually have greater reach when they are not in a diminished physical form, but the two complement one another, and the angelics are highly prized and of tremendous assistance to humans in all they do in many circumstances. They are superb guardians and are often involved to convey inspiration and information of all kinds 
to accomplish guidance and support from Creator to assist humans with their life journey. So they have the greatest possible growth and accomplishment of their life objectives. Humans can do little on their own. They need much encouragement and support to be successful and are always at a disadvantage because of their disconnection from the divine. The angelics help to bridge this gap, to help level the playing field to at least some degree. There is a great debt humans owe to the angelics who have helped support them through the ages in all of the dark times that continue to the current day. They are the unsung heroes of life and are truly humans' best friend. You know, the surprising thing about this revelation is the message that we are actually, as human beings, higher in the divine hierarchy than the angels. Um, yeah, that that's comes, a surprise. I, that's, yeah. a, that's news to a lot of people, because a lot of people think that the angels are at a higher, 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 hierarchical level. <laughs> Boy, that word yes, yes. and it, there are many important truths here. One also is there are many, many other beings through the universe somewhat like us and that's a whole other discussion but there's a lot happening in the universe it's very complex but we do have an important place and we need the angels quite desperately at times because of the limitations imposed on us as a physical being well talking about need let's talk about guardian angels you ask creator how many guardian angels does the average person have assigned to them Creator answered, the average person has two guardian angels. They may both be present, especially during times of difficulty, or they may alternate so that one is always on duty, so to speak, and then is relieved by the other for intervals. And that is the rationale for having at least two on assignment for a given individual person. We also asked Do the archangels each have a legion of other angels under their leadership? And Creator answered, this is true, except for times when they may be doing independent work or engaging in some other activity unilaterally where others are not needed. And so they may turn over their helpers to another archangel to guide them, support them, and direct them. And you also asked Creator... Are all the angelics organized into a hierarchy? Here, I got the word right. (laughs) (laughs) And Creator says, this is the case. And the example of archangels having their legions of helpers is an example of this. This allows them to take on very large-scale projects that may require many divine helpers to execute. This is true frequently during times of calamity, whether a natural disaster or an act of war or some other scene of tragedy where there are mass casualties. During such events, there is a great need simultaneously for many to receive support and healing. So this system provides a logical way to organize the troops, so to speak, and manage things with high effectiveness because all will be working in concert and know their roles All the angelics are highly experienced and are very, very effective in all they do. Who do the archangels report to? And Creator has told us they report to Creator directly. And this is the most appropriate supervisory relationship. 
you personally see the value in being able to go to creator and ask penetrating questions and gain insight and wisdom about things that puzzle you or challenge you in some way. This is still true for the angelics. They need guidance and support and healing at times as well. They can turn to their peers or to their leadership as well as to creator directly at their choosing. The archangels can do the same. They can consult with one or many other angelics of all positions, and they can go to creator as they have the most complex tasks at times in coordinating very critical divine interventions. They almost always are in close consultation with creator to have the full benefit of divine firepower, so to speak, brought to bear. It is simply the case that this is easy to do. So there is no advantage in taking things on unilaterally and putting others at somewhat greater risk by not having the full complement of divine wisdom on hand to refer to. You know, I'm thinking that this is actually a complex topic. And it's, it's difficult to separate it out and treat it in isolation because when we're talking about divine intervention, there's a lot that takes place in terms of a divine calculus as to how much intervention is going to take place, karmic issues involved, uh, the free will of the individuals involved. There's really a lot that goes into a divine intervention and an angelic intervention. Absolutely. When we do healing work for people, for instance, their own personal lives and history karmically through multiple other lives going on in parallel is an extremely complicated undertaking. And we're talking about just one individual. Right. Their interplay with many dozens to hundreds to thousands and eventually millions of other human beings and other beings in, in affected in some way by what they do and don't do and react to. It is a huge interplay of energies that are whizzing back and forth and looping backwards and forwards in time as well. So to orchestrate a larger level divine intervention than just a healing for a person really opens up the door to tremendous intricacy and complex interactions. So this this takes lots of divine insight and wisdom to orchestrate it effectively. A little bit more on the archangels. Do, does Archangel, do Archangel Michael or other angels answer prayers to God or only at direct request in delegating this responsibility? And Creator tells us we delegate as is appropriate from our perspective in portioning out needs and benefits, not only for those who suffer, but the need for further growth and expansion of the would-be caregivers who wish to serve and look for ways to be of use and may only have the dimmest awareness they are capable of divine service, but nonetheless, their heart is yearning for this. And you ask Creator, how do you delegate duties among the angels and human agents to fulfill prayer requests made to Creator? And Creator tells us, we honor all. And we involve all in various ways in this grand unfolding as it serves everyone to be involved and to be raised up accordingly through their contributions. So this is a further way in which all are interconnected. All are in divine service and involved in the exchange of energies in various ways to spread the love around and to make the world a better place and the universe as well. You know, it's interesting, but the statement uh, in the previous question 
about talking about um, would-be caregivers who wish to serve and look for ways to be of use and may only have the dimmest awareness they're capable of divine service. In other words, apprentice angels, it sounds like, you know, um, perhaps, you know, not so old and, and looking to be of service and they're being brought in and, and given apprentice level tasks. It's interesting. Yes. And it's certainly true of many humans. Yes. There's a whole spectrum of folks out there from the very devout and dedicated spiritual individuals who make that the whole purpose and focus of their life. And then the casual churchgoers and everything in between where at times they're in over their head and they know it. You know, they're in a crisis and maybe they're rusty and reaching out to the divine with prayer and so on. They need lots of angelic help as well. And so... It's interesting, I think, and, and comforting and a beautiful illustration of, of the love of the divine who orchestrates everything, that it truly cares about all of the caregivers and wants them to be a part of things, wants them to learn and grow. And so no one gets left behind. Everyone has a role to play if they choose. And it's a Indeed. beautiful thing. Indeed. Let's talk about the care of the caregivers. Do angels need healing because of energetic problems or karmic wounding? And who do they go to for this? And Creator shares with us, this is very true. Like human beings, they are still in a broad learning curve, even after eons. They have a great advantage over human in having access to all that they have experienced So they are quite knowledgeable, quite adept, and sophisticated in their understanding of problems, and have the wisdom to act in the most appropriate ways. But even with that, new things can still arise, and there are many judgments needing to be made, especially with healing of karmic issues where there may be thousands to millions of prior interactions for a being contributing to their current dilemma all of which requires tracing out consequences for the vast number of other individuals taking part in that history to be sure there is fairness and avoiding the infliction of harm to innocent parties through changes done. With the great interdependence of all life, this is the most demanding task of the universe because karma is so very precise and overlooks nothing. To truly heal requires that deep understanding and capability to follow all the energetic entanglements and sort out a tremendous number of what-ifs, the possible alteration and its consequences for each and every experience in multiple lives of a person, and then for all of their influencers in the entirety of the soul matrix. This is truly a divine level undertaking of which the angels are quite adept, but being individuals with their own makeup, their own personal history and experience base may arrive at somewhat differing judgments about particular circumstances. So consultation is frequent to be sure things are fully addressed and done in the highest and best way. It is the loving concern of all in the divine realm that renders such conscientious and high-level support. Well, it's, it's reiterated again and again how complex the interactions and activities of the angels are. Maybe there's a message there that we really shouldn't try to dissect too carefully everything they're doing and, and let them do their job for us. Well, we don't control it, so yeah. <laughs> we're going to get it one way or another. Our job is to maintain faith and do an outreach. 
And then the rest is up to the divine to see to. But you can see with the layers of help available that there's a backstopping. There's a safety net that can kick in. If, If an angel makes somewhat of a tactical error, this will be compensated for. And the divine won't overlook it and won't let it go. There will be restitution and compensation brought back in to make up for a shortfall. So the system is self-correcting and really quite wondrous in how it plays out and the interplay and its importance for us. Because this is how God does its work. And this is the path through which many divine decisions are implemented at the local level, meaning us in our world. Creator does things directly all the time. Creator is inside of us. But Creator also has the angelics to go to. And sometimes they're needed for heavy lifting. Sometimes they're needed to come into the human realm directly as a physical being for a time. And we're going to be talking about that in in various things, some today, and we're going to do a follow-up show next week. And it's quite fascinating to see angels in action. It it is amazing. Now, our belief quotient, um, well, I guess there's a number of categories. You know, there's there's angels that are going to intervene, the guardian angels in our behalf. We're going to talk about that a little bit, about how just to preserve life, and that even atheists have angel, guardian angels. and But they're being a very limited role, basically. Whereas, if you're trying to invoke angelic help through prayer, which is, of course, the best and the best highest way to do that, uh, the level of faith that you have is important, because that yes. will have some direct bearing on the level of response and Absolutely. Yeah, and that's probably the biggest and most important take-home message you could have from any of our programs. Things are largely up to you. Yes, there is a God. Yes, there are angelics whizzing about, backing you up, guarding you personally, on the premises, at your elbow. But there's limits to what they can do unless you allow it, unless you ask for help many times. Otherwise, they stand around and watch us. So there we go. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're up on a break. Uh, be sure to check us out at GetWisdom.com. You can download the prayer book at GetWisdom.com slash prayer. And we'll be back right after this. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Scientist and inventor Carl Mollison has discovered how a tiny percentage of people throughout history have made direct contact with God. At Get Wisdom, we have a searchable database of the Creator's wisdom and guidance from asking hundreds of probing questions. Get a free download from the Creator, answering the biggest questions people have wondered about. Who are we? Where do we come from? Why are we here? And where are we going? Get a free download explaining how to make prayer work in powerful new ways. We offer divine healing sessions with our comprehensive Lightworker Healing Protocol and train practitioners on how to save and heal humanity. We pierce the veil in channeled interviews with famous departed people now in the light to probe the greatest mysteries. Our weekly webinars feature the Creator's wisdom about solving the burning issues challenging us personally and globally. And we welcome viewer questions. There is no death. There are no secrets. Get enlightened. Visit GetWisdom.com. 
Tune in to The James Dentley Show and learn strategies for success in business and in life. Dr. James Dentley is a proven success coach who knows how to convert good into great. You'll find out from the achievers and leaders how they got to be the success stories that they are. And Dr. Dentley and his guests will give you the tools you need to follow in their footsteps. It's time to become the best version of you. Listen to The James Dentley Show, Fridays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on Voice America Empowerment. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com listening to Get Wisdom with Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. They are here to answer your questions and comments about the program. Send us an email to contact at getwisdom.com. That's contact at getwisdom.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to the second segment of Get Wisdom. We are talking about angels and extremely important questions like, do angels have wings? (laughs) What are the common misconceptions about angels? So we're going to explore that in this segment. Carl, you want to lead off with a thought or two? Well, I think, you know, that pretty much sums up what we're going to be doing here. The the lore is bountiful, and there are many uh, fictionalized accounts of angelic doings and interactions of angels with people. And some are quite true to life, others more fanciful. And there are a number of fanciful notions that have come into play. Well, and it's really through a, <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's really through a lack of understanding of what angels are in actuality. Well, let's get the big one out of the way. Do angels have wings? You guys created that question. And this is what Creator told us. They do not have wings. Being energy, they are non-physical. So this is nonsensical. There is a historical view of them in that aspect, but it is a metaphorical representation that they are from a higher plane, and that is represented nicely through the imagery of giving them wings with which to fly. The idea of them flying down from heaven to assist and then returning bird-like is a way for primitive people to conceptualize how a divine agent might enter their realm to carry out a duty, but then be gone once again. The people down through ancient times have not been able to conceive of actions taking place via consciousness alone. But this is often how angelics carry out their duties, impinging on human beings as well as things in the environment through the effect of their consciousness to impinge on the target and make a change or adjustment in the energies accordingly, as may be needed to solve a problem or bring requested support. This is why so many divine interventions happen on a routine basis but go unnoticed. They are simply invisible in their mechanism of action, and this is because the angelics are invisible. They are depicted in a simplistic fashion, But that is in keeping with the limited knowledge and awareness in prior eras. And even to this day, there has been a poor understanding of energy and the role of consciousness in making things happen. It will be some time yet before humans have broad awareness of how things really work, let alone a true understanding of what is taking place. You also asked, Creator, some people believe humans have wings or can attain them. Where did that originate? Is is there any truth to this notion? 
That's interesting. And I've been exposed to this idea as well in talks that I've gone to and so forth. And Creator tells us this is a fanciful idea that resonates with people with their intuitive awareness that humans are intimately connected with the divine. So the idea that humans, like the angelics, might truly have wings or had them or may gain them is in keeping with that intuitive understanding, but is not a literal truth. It is a comforting and uplifting idea, but is not the case. Humans do not have wings and have not had wings and will not have wings. This is because wings are not needed for people. And so the idea is a metaphor and not meant to be taken literally. You know, I think it's really interesting how in the previous question, talked about that we have a poor understanding of energy and the role of consciousness in making things happen. So it's, maybe that's saying that angels are like energy with consciousness. Absolutely. It's energy with content, with information and an innate ability to be acting as a change agent through idea alone and an intention to make something happen. This is the essence of what consciousness really is. That's what we express with our thoughts. They are received from our consciousness, a kind of energy that isn't created even in the brain. It is experienced through the brain, more like a receiver, like a TV set. But the consciousness is the program that beams in and has a story to tell and an idea behind it. Perhaps that's why people think there's a hierarchy because, I mean, creator is all consciousness. And from yes. creator emanates consciousness with energy, which you could consider the angelics. And then from that level, we get to us who are, who are consciousness, energy, and physical. Yes. But somehow people see the beings that are just consciousness and energy as somehow higher in the hierarchy. When maybe, in fact, it's a little bit more difficult to come down here in the physical. <laughs> that's right. Well, we... Ex- exist in both domains so when we're not here in a physical body we're up in the light and we're comporting with the angels directly because we're light beings like they are in that mode and it said earlier in the answer to one of these questions that in the light being mode we are truly at a higher level than the angels yes and have greater reach yes absolutely interesting All right, so you asked Creator, what are common misconceptions people have about angels? Well, there are more. There are more. (laughs) What we talked about. And Creator says there are many common misconceptions about angels. There are some too silly to mention. Others have more serious implications. There are many schools of thought distorting awareness of the divine to cast aspersions on even the angelics who support you faithfully. All such notions that angels are not to be trusted are based on the awareness of evil in the world. In one sense, this is true if you consider the fallen angelics. We no longer do because they have lost their standing and are no longer supported by the divine realm. In that regard, they are little different than a human earthbound spirit who has lost its way and has relatively little power. The fallen angelics have the benefit of their past history and knowledge, but it does them relatively little good. 
Other misconceptions are the issue of wanting to reach out to the angelics for each and every little problem in life and have divine assistance through the angel to take care of things. This undercuts their own role as being the reigning sovereign in their world. Humans literally are in charge of their lives and their destiny both. We support from behind the scenes and we step in at times to give assistance, but there must be a serious request that has a serious purpose that will result in something highest and best for the person and not their disempowerment by handing over their own free will choices to a would-be divine guide to decide things for them. This is not in keeping with the role of divine human to expand possibility and extend the reach of divine consciousness in many new directions and in many new ways. We are relying on human creativity to make this happen. If you turn around at the first outing and give the job back to us, you will be subverting your very reason for being. This is not to say it is unwise or inappropriate to reach out for help when you feel the need too great for you to manage. This is, of course, highly subjective, so we encourage all to cultivate their inner resources, their strengths, and build new skills so they have the wherewithal to make decisions on their own for the most part. This preserves the balance intended for the human enterprise, where humans are in the lead and do the bulk of the work. This will be in keeping with them earning the bulk of the rewards. The other major misconception is when the pendulum swings the other way and people feel in awe of angelic power and feel unworthy of angelic help and assume that only creator can command the angels to act on their behalf or someone else the person sees is suffering. In making this assumption, they surrender their own power to do anything. This is a grave error because they are giving up their humanity, their personal power as granted by the divine to conduct their life. And it is a wasted opportunity for growth and adding more love in the world. Angels are always at the ready to step in and spread love when requested to do so. This is the power humans hold, but often do not realize it. This is one of the blessings gained from doing regular prayer work because it cultivates inner belief and helps people become accustomed to reaching out to the divine without hesitation as a matter of course. And that experience of doing it in a routine way will make their prayers especially effective during times of difficulty or crisis because doing what they need to do to reach out will be quite natural. We encourage all to cultivate a relationship with the divine realm on all levels through prayer work. We do not require worship per se, but you can certainly reach out to the angelics with thoughts of love and gratitude for their being in service to the world. And that will put you on the divine wavelength and help you establish an inner peace in feeling you have rights to be among the divine figures and have standing and a relationship, one of acceptance. And this will help you many, many times during your life. Well, you know, there's an important point here about reaching out to the angelics or to the divine in general to assist you with the many, many challenges and difficulties in life. But, you know, there's probably a point where a little 
might be a little too much. Like, like maybe asking the divine to intervene and help you from burning your omelet in the morning might that might be overreaching a little bit. <laughs> um, but you, 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 for asking for personal protection, asking to assist some of somebody else while you're assisting them, maybe at the same time, all these are good requests. Yes, and there's a balance that's needed here clearly because if you look at the words literally it looks like a series of contradictions on the one hand don't get so dependent you ask for every little thing on the other hand don't hesitate to reach out do it regularly do it often so you're very comfortable and feel natural and at ease doing it on the fly at any given moment so there needs to be some discernment some wisdom involved here and that's learned through experience and some pondering and some insightful reviewing of your life, where you're at, and where your strengths and weaknesses might lie. But it's certainly true that the more you pray, the more comfortable you'll be in a crisis. And that's the mistake most people make. They never bother with prayer until something really challenges them. Someone comes back from the doctor and they've got cancer or there's a horrendous accident or a life-threatening illness that strikes. That's the worst time to start reaching out for the first time in a long time because you'll feel shaky. You'll feel uncertain. You'll be filled with doubt. You'll be filled with fear and that all impairs your vibration, your standing, your belief that you will have enough standing with the divine to be given assistance. So this is why you need a regular practice. So well, it prepares you. Indeed, and I agree wholeheartedly. But let's talk a little bit about the lack of belief uh, and how that impinges and, and affects people. Does the fa- You ask creator, does the fact that atheists have lack of belief in the divine limit the degree of angelic support they will receive during their life? All right, important question. Because there's an increasing secularization of society. And this is what Creator says about it. Atheists are granted guardian angels. This is part of the contract in coming down into physical existence in keeping with the life plan. The role of angelics first and foremost is to keep the person alive by helping them to avoid calamity leading to a lethal outcome. This is the basal level of support in addition to them receiving divine energy to maintain life itself. Beyond the occasional rescue when life is threatened, atheists are entirely on their own and will not be assisted in their life by divine intervention. They may on occasion be given some reminders of the existence of Creator. This is in the way of an offering, in a sense, a kind of advertisement for them to consider, but this can never be imposed on them. They have full autonomy like everyone else and are allowed to have their non-beliefs, and these are always respected, even though it is a loss for them. You know, I I have a couple questions popped into my mind that might be interesting. Maybe I'll forward them to you to ask Creator. You know, to get an idea of the level of intervention that the angels engage in in protecting us and keeping us from ending our lives sooner than we're supposed to. Like, you know, on a given day uh, in the United States, for instance, how many angelic interventions are there to keep multiple traffic accidents from happening? Or, or in one person's life, how how many times on average does an angel intervene to protect you from death? You know, um, these are interesting questions. Maybe I'll form them to you. 
Yeah, it's 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 good to quantitate things. It, there's power in numbers. It helps understanding. It helps provide perspective because these interventions are more frequent than we think. Yes. And that's because they're unseen. They're essentially unwitnessed and unappreciated when they are witnessed. People assume there was just good luck. You know, they lucked out. There, something broke their way, and it didn't end up as bad as it could have been. You know, I was teetering on that ladder, and suddenly I righted myself. And, boy, that was scary, you know, and they think they did it. And it might well have been an angel pushing them back into gravitational alignment, yes. the vertical, and yes. save their life or Almost save every- them from being, a, you know, a quadriplegic for all you know. I ride the train with a guy who definitely remembers hearing a loud voice saying, wake up, when he was falling asleep at the wheel. Yes. There was nobody there, so it happens a lot. Yes, it happens all the time. And not even sleep, but just inattention. Yes. Where you're just kind of so caught up in what's happening next Tuesday, and you're mulling it over in your mind, and you're not really paying much conscious attention, and then suddenly you snap back to it and you look and you see something's drifting into your lane and you swerve in time that's that can be a rescue it's often the higher self but it can be an angel as well sure and so there the, the the two levels of divine oversight work together and some people might wonder why that would happen for an atheist but if you think about it no one's an island in this world, you know, and there's people that are affected by the absence or loss or severe injury of somebody who might be an atheist. And so that's brought into the calculation about an intervention as well. Well, and it sounds harsh and cruel, but if you have to have a hands-off policy for the atheist, there's going to be a more mayhem potentially come their way. Exactly. They, may, they may stay alive. You know, they might smash into a tree. Yeah. And end up paralyzed, but they're still breathing. So by virtue of the divine contract, it's being honored. They're still here. They're still in the living. But the quality of life has declined because maybe they were not being a partner with the divine and getting the full measure of divine protection. Yes. And there's karma issues, of course, involved, and karma's there for everybody, atheist or not. So, uh, it's, again, we're back to that kind of complexity where there's a big calculus going on. It's very interesting. Yes, and and uh, mind stretching as well. <laughs> mind hurting at times, I think. <laughs> well, we'd but, love the world to be a nicer, gentler place. Yes. But it doesn't happen to be. And there are those little isolated pockets of uh, equanimity and, and relative comfort for the lucky, the fortunate, the ones who are in alignment, make something of their lives, do some work and get somewhere to contribute to their own stability and survival and the enjoyment of things. And that's a blessing when you, when you work it right. But these are things the divine can help to bring you. If you're open, allowing, and you have enough belief, that takes practice and cultivating. Well, we're going to talk about reaching out to the angels for help in our next segment. Uh, Be sure to check us out at GetWisdom.com. You can check out the Lightworker Healing Protocol, which is really the most effective tool for getting divine help of all kinds, from creator, from the higher self, from angels. And you can check that out at GetWisdom.com slash LHP. Uh, Download it, check it out, and, and consider taking it. And we'll be back right after this. 
Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Scientist and inventor Carl Mollison has discovered how a tiny percentage of people throughout history have made direct contact with God. At Get Wisdom, we have a searchable database of the Creator's wisdom and guidance from asking hundreds of probing questions. Get a free download from the Creator, answering the biggest questions people have wondered about. Who are we? Where do we come from? Why are we here? And where are we going? Get a free download explaining how to make prayer work in powerful new ways. We offer divine healing sessions with our comprehensive Lightworker Healing Protocol and train practitioners on how to save and heal humanity. We pierce the veil in channeled interviews with famous departed people now in the light to probe the greatest mysteries. Our weekly webinars feature the Creator's wisdom about solving the burning issues challenging us personally and globally. And we welcome viewer questions. There is no death. There are no secrets. Get enlightened. Visit GetWisdom.com. Mental illness affects more people than you might think. Now there's a program that showcases support resources, how many people in our society view mental illness, and how the culture surrounding it is changing. Listen for We Are Hope with co-founder and host Sean Perry. Mental health is being seen as a public health crisis, and we want to help, support, and listen. You'll hear the discussions and conversations that need to happen. Tune in every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific, on Voice America Empowerment. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. You're listening to Get Wisdom with Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. They are here to answer your questions and comments about the program. Send us an email to contact at GetWisdom.com. That's contact at GetWisdom.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to the final segment of Get Wisdom. We are talking about angels and how they interact with us, how they affect us. And in this segment, we're going to talk about healing and how to reach out to them for that. So uh, let's get on with it. We're going to first question you asked creators, Carl, was do archangels in particular have specialties? Is it wise to appeal to Raphael as the healer, Gabriel as the messenger, and so on? Or will that limit us? Well, knowledge brings power. Sometimes we can be a little overeducated and make false assumptions in what to do with that specialized knowledge. And this is one of the issues that's being raised by this question. People know that archangels have a kind of a concentration and uh, will tend to go to that archangel for that particular type of issue. So let's get into the whys and wherefores and the pros and cons. So creator answers the question about appealing to a specific archangel based on their reputation uh, with the following words. As we have discussed with you many times, these are appealing notions. The whole idea of the various hierarchies espoused by different religious faiths, bringing forward their perspectives of the angelic realm as well as the various personas that are named archangels and their characteristics, serve to make the angelics appear accessible through being somewhat human-like at least, and therefore would be naturally expected to have a career, a profession, 
a particular skill that matches their primary duties and a specialty as a consequence of which they are known and forms the basis of their range of operations. This is a vast oversimplification and is actually more often than not working against people who will latch onto a particular being because of things they've heard or read about that particular angel and then may focus to the exclusion of other options on where they can subsequently obtain divine assistance. As with engaging with a spirit guide, it often underserves the person to restrict oneself to a single divine agent when there are many and, in fact, groups acting at once that can be summoned through a request for help when there are no limitations placed on that request in the form of who is specified to deliver the divine intervention. It is always highest and best to go to creator when making a request to the divine because that preserves the greatest possible array of choices and combinations of divine agents who can be dispatched to assist with a dilemma and take care of a problem. If the request restricts the divine realm to a single agent, this will often underserve the person because that particular being may need to take action in ways requiring a team. And this is precluded because the divine realm must always follow the human lead. If the request is superficial, ill-informed, and based on incomplete knowledge and understanding of what is truly needed, the divine realm can only provide a kind of first aid in a very general and superficial fashion and not do the deep healing and restoration that might truly be needed to solve the problem once and for all. So this practice can be comforting and creating a feeling of particular angels being a close ally and even a companion or friend. But there is much that is given up in the process through the limitation of the array of divine responses that otherwise would be available. You know, this was a pretty eye-opening passage for me. Um, I've had psychics in the past tell me, and I feel it on a deep level, that I'm actually good friends with Archangel Michael. And that may not be surprising. You know, if you think about it a certain way, we are ancient beings in our own right. Many human beings, perhaps most, actually pre-exist the creation of this universe, from what we've been told by Creator. So the idea that we are actually friends at an energetic level with, uh, with angels and even archangels, I don't think is a far-fetched notion. Well, as I was saying earlier, when we're in the light, we bop around with the angels. You know, they're, they're always busy, but they, they have ways of using time as a light being. So it's not all-consuming, and so there is time for friendships and helping people learn and sharing their wisdom. This is what we do as light beings. So all of this, this happens. But I, I run into this all the time. I get clients frequently with healing needs, and they'll tell me, well, I do all these things with Archangel Michael. He's my go-to. I, I call on Archangel Michael to do this, and I call on Archangel Michael to do that. And they clearly have a strong affinity and feel a strong bond there. And I'm sure that it's true because Archangel Michael will answer. But we just heard Creator hold forth and say, you're really underserving yourself if you restrict your request to one caregiver 
There's a whole universe of caregivers out there. And sometimes you need an army. Sometimes you need creator directly to weigh in on a problem and contribute that level of energy. So creator is saying, go to God first and then let the almighty sort out who is the best person or group of beings to come to your aid and take care of an issue. Carl, you asked creator, do people always have guardian angels and what are they allowed to do and not do? All right. And this is what creator tells us about this. There is always an assignment of a guardian and often multiple guardians. This is in part a reflection of the life plan where the individual is joining the fray, the area of the world, the location, and the family they will be a part of. All of the variables of life and the circumstances for the incarnation will govern the level of divine support and protection deemed appropriate for them. Some are at greater risk from the outset because of the circumstances of their launch, being more at risk, for instance, personally, and will meet with great danger quite quickly following their birth. Others have gentler circumstances, but everyone everywhere is targeted by the interlopers, so there are truly no safe havens. Everyone can be reached, everyone can be interfered with, and everyone is vulnerable in many respects. So there's simply just a question of time and the degree of effort required to reach a level of corruption sufficient to undermine the person functionally in a way they are thrown off track and then may begin to falter and will fall behind and have an increasing risk of greater difficulty and failure in life with all that can result. What is considered the luck of the draw, of course, is pre-planned entirely. And this is done for tactical reasons to put a person where they most belong for the purpose of the current incarnation, which is often to take on significant challenges from unfinished business in prior lifetimes. This is why people end up in some of the worst places on the planet, facing the greatest degree of adversity with inevitable suffering of an extreme kind. It is not bad luck. It is something that is predetermined by prior experience and actions and will be determined by the law of karma to a significant degree in what unfolds for them on their return to life in the physical. The thing we cannot overstress is there are strict rules about divine intervention. So the first thing here is that the guardians have but a very limited role to play. This is to allow you to have your experience to the fullest and that may well include being killed. They cannot stop this from happening unless you ask for their assistance. So this is a major misconception that because people think they have guardian angels, nothing can touch them if their faith is strong and their heart is pure. That is not so. It may be so if they ask for that protection and support directly. If they assume it is there, they will have the experience of having an assumption lead not to what they expect, but something else. It is like assuming you have flood insurance. Unless you contact the insurer and perhaps pay the dues, you do not have flood insurance. It is that simple. The same is true for divine realm. We are always present, 
We are always watching and we always have your best interest at heart, but are powerless to prevent you from putting yourself in harm's way if you choose. It cannot stop them, but it can warn. This is one way the divine realm shows itself. The guardians can do the same. They can send a warning to the person, look out. And they will often engage with a person's subconscious mind to tell it to come back to awareness, at which point someone behind the wheel of a car may suddenly focus on the road and see someone is swerving into their lane, whereas they were preoccupied thinking of something else, or perhaps fiddling with a device on the seat next to them, wanting to see who was calling or what have you. Those little moments of snapping back into awareness and saving the day happen every day to many people. And it may well be their guardian angel stepping in with an opportunity for the person to save themselves from their choices. This is an example of the interplay. It is always subtle. It is not done with fanfare. It is designed to be that way. It is not a shortcoming that people do not talk to their angels and have the angels talk back to them. You are all inhabiting a faulty system. It has been engineered that way by interlopers to rob you of your ability to connect with the beyond. And it really is the ability to connect within, for the divine realm is within you and not out in space somewhere beyond your range of sight. So this is not a failing There is always opportunity in reaching out. When you make requests of the divine at any level, including the guardians, you will be heard and the request will be answered to the extent allowable within the rules. You know, I think this is a good point to introduce the idea of, you know, the the necessity of belief in reaching out to the angels and the divine. And if you feel that you are, you know, a little lacking in that category, we have healing services where you can hire a practitioner who actually has the belief in the reach to ask for angelic help on your behalf. Yes, and our Lightworker Healing Protocol has a whole section focused on personal protection, keeping the person safe going forward, and designing an interplay with all of the spirit team to make them active participants because people don't know this is possible to do or how to request it. So this this is divine wisdom we have gained through scholarship, diligence, hard work, and frequent going to the well to ask creator how to do this, how to do that, how to tweak this and modify it, amplify it, make it the most effective possible. And Over time, this protocol has added many bells and whistles that are extremely important. And we are told that it frequently prolongs the lifespan of our clients. You know, they they will never know what might have gone the other way when they reach a certain cross in the road or a fork in the road. And uh, but the divine is there and it has the wherewithal because the requests of the protocol are there and they're in force. Well, you can check out this well at givewisdom.com. Um, up the menu, there's a there's healing services available. Uh, be sure to check them out in detail and then feel free to inquire about them. We have uh, the ability that you can ask questions, a contact form we have on the site. Um, we'll be back next week with more Divine Wisdom. Um, what's coming up next week, Carl? More, more angels? More on angels. More fascinating <laughs> angel lore. 
All right. Be sure to check us out next week. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening today. Please tune in next Friday for another edition of Get Wisdom with Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. They'll be here at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We wish you a beautiful week.